Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. I'm Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HW Media, with the latest installment of the Housing Wire Daily Podcast, where I get to talk to editors and reporters about the most compelling stories and sources they're covering. Today, my guest is James Kleiman, the managing editor of our newsroom, to talk about the biggest stories we covered this week, and wow, do we have a lot to talk about. But before we dive in, here's a word from our sponsor. From first-time and non-traditional home buyers to those needing a jumbo loan for a second home, Finance of America Mortgage and their skilled, award-winning mortgage advisors have helped over 450,000 customers since 2015. Finance of America Mortgage is licensed to lend in all 50 states, plus Washington, D.C., Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. And backed by best-in-class lending technology with a wide range of innovative and proprietary mortgage products, they're prepared to help borrowers find loans that meet their needs. Want to join an award-winning team and evaluate your business? Visit www.joinfamtoday.com forward slash housing wire to learn more. Finance of America Mortgage LLC is licensed nationwide. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS ID number 1771. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Equal opportunity employer. James, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Sarah. Good to be with you. Great to have you back. We have had uh, lots of content come through and especially um, several stories looking at where we are in the purchase market. You know, we had um, officially, even with the Freddie Mac survey, uh, interest rates, mortgage interest rates are over 5%. Of course, that's been lagging for a couple of weeks. We've known that, you know, different LOs are already doing that. So we're over 5%. And and what does that mean for the market? So um, why don't you tell us about the story that Flavia did? Um, on some lenders, this, the lenders who are likely to do well in this market and the lenders who aren't. Sure. Yeah. So about a month ago, uh, Flavia Ferland Nunez, who is a mortgage reporter here at Housing Wire, and I sat down and said, okay, so we're, we're looking at the landscape. We have, what, about 4,400 mortgage lenders out there, um, and, and capacity has swelled to, I mean, trillions, right? Like $4 trillion in volume in, in both 2020 and in 2021. And, um, and and we know that was largely driven by really low interest rates. And um, as the latter half of 2021 really came into focus, it became clear, you know, not everybody is going to be able to make it, you know, to the next bus. And and so what we really wanted to do was kind of assess the various business models and and see who was best positioned to, if not thrive in 2022, I, I don't know if anyone's really going to thrive given the overall market conditions that we're expecting. Um, but this is a cyclical business, right? And, um, and for a lot of these guys, this isn't new. You know, this is kind of an extreme version of 2018 in some respects. And so we wanted to take a look at, okay, who, who has a, a really good operating structure, who has uh, close contact with brokers or real estate agents or who's who's likely to be able to lap up a lot of purchase business when the refis just aren't attractive anymore, when that product, the demand just doesn't exist. And so we wanted to take a look at all of their various business models, and some of them really thrived in 2020 and 2021. And 
I think it's very unlikely, not impossible, but very unlikely um, that they're going to do well um, and in some cases may not even survive in 2022 and 2023. And so we started by looking at um, inside mortgage finance is, is brilliant in all the data that they're able to present and they crunch the numbers better than anyone out there. And so we really relied on them as kind of a guide to take a look at, you know, who in 2021, even though interest rates were still really low and refis were a really attractive proposition, who invested in purchase? Who really decided as as a business principle, we are actively going to go for um, the more challenging loans, you know, and of course they have higher yields and, and all that. And, and, um, and so we looked at, at the top 50 lenders and we also tried to assess are there any trends that we can realize? You know, are there any major players out there who, who just haven't really proven that in, in kind of an extreme rate environment, they're able to really get a handle on purchase? And um, I, I think if you're a close follower of the mortgage industry, you'll probably already know um, who's who's in in a in a lifeboat and um, who's hoping that the eighty year old lady and <laughs> remembers them as they're they're falling, you know to the bottom of the Atlantic. Um, so we, we started really taking a look at the correspondent lenders. Um, you know, ob- obviously they're, that's about as close as you can get to um, the end user, right? The, the home buyer, um, because these are credit unions and local banks, community banks. And, um, and so Penny Mac is number one. They are easily the biggest player in correspondent. I believe they have about a 17% market share of the overall uh, mixing correspondent. Um, however, you know, correspondent is um, it is not as profitable. The margins are not very fat in correspondent. So, although Penny Mac is doing very well in that channel, I mean it's it's not going to bring them you know billions in profit uh, in 2022. And and so from there we took a look at from what what the analyst said, you know who is then really close to the real estate agent, you know maybe a financial advisor or somebody who is go- going to advise a um, a home buyer on a mortgage, on, on a major transaction, and one that is a lot more complicated these days, uh, just given, you know, the interest rate changes and, and how competitive the market is. And um, and so then, then you start to get to some of the big non-bank players and some of the big depositories. And so we just saw JP Morgan Chase and Wells Fargo. They had, um, they just released their earnings for Q1. Um, looks Pretty no bueno. Uh, looks very bad. Uh, they, they both dropped volume pretty significantly, double digits. Uh, but you know, Wells Fargo historically has been uh, very impressive in, in all the jumbo business they do, and especially in California, which is like practically a mortgage, like a country unto itself almost, with just the amount of business that that um, you know takes place there every year. And, and JP Morgan Chase too. You know, uh, they they didn't do great in Q one. Um, but I think to some extent they're a little self-selective, right? Like they're not just going to pick up any loan, uh, any application that comes by. So, um, you know, I, I think they're probably well positioned because they've always done this and they'll, they'll survive any cycle, right? You know, in the mortgage market, it's not it's not the, the end all be all for their business. Um, but they're probably going to see ground overall to some of the non-bank players, and in terms of some of the non-bank players, you know, we also really took a close look at some of the wholesalers. And so they work every day with brokers and brokers, by and large, not exclusively, have pretty close relationships uh, with local real estate agents. 
And so UWM was United Wholesale Mortgage, for those who don't know, uh, was number two in purchase last year overall of all the lenders in America. And, and I think they're probably going to be right up there again this year, maybe even number one. It is entirely possible. Uh, but UWM is, is really, um, you know, they're, they're producing um, all kinds of initiatives to try to drum up business there, you know, some that other lenders already do. But their value proposition for a lot of brokers is we're going to close that loan really fast. And if you have a competitive uh, client, you can count on us to get that loan done in sometimes in a week or two, you know. And um, and so that's that's a really attractive proposition for a broker. Um, we don't have to get into all of the other controversies related to their you know their, their positions on, on broker business, but I think it's fair to say UWM is going to be really competitive in purchase in 2022. And then HomePoint is another really interesting one in that um, you know they, they did increase their purchase volume. In, uh, in 2021, um, but more interestingly, unlike most other lenders in the third and fourth quarters, they increased their raw purchase volume, purchase origination volume, and, and most saw those numbers decline. Um, and, and HomePoint did a big reorganization in 2021, arguably even a few of them, and, and have really um, you know, started to kind of sell different parts of their business to maintain uh, not just a presence in purchase, but really to try to to try to be a very strong force um, with those types of borrowers. And and similar to other players, they're also now getting into non QM, and they're they're just trying to diversify their product mix. So I I think you know for the most part, um, a lot of those wholesalers are probably going to do pretty well with purchase. There are a lot of other factors to consider. Of course, wholesale is you know the margins are not as fat as retail. And, um, and there are a lot of headwinds that affect them just as much as anyone else. Um, but but I think you're probably going to see a lot of very strong purchase business from them. And um, and then, you know, you have a lot of the big retail players, the big non-banks um, that operate in multiple channels. And, and I think this is really where things kind of get interesting. So why don't we talk a little bit about Movement Mortgage? It's, it's a really interesting company. They are a non-bank distributed retail lender. They're based in South Carolina. They have locations all over the place. They're, they're not doing broker business. You know, they, they're, they're also um, kind of rare among a lot of the top 25 in that they had way more purchase origination business as a share of the mix um, than their competitors in 2021. And despite all of that, they also just laid off a ton of people. They laid off about 170 people um, now that is partly because they built up their operation to, um, you know, do more refi business when when the rates were low because you know why not right it's there it's available you already probably have people in your system you might as well just refi them but I think they're going to be a big player they have a lot of they have a lot of contacts with real estate agents they have a distributed retail model which. Um, you know, the analysts and, and a lot of mortgage executives that we spoke to said is going to make them really competitive in this space when, when there is no real refi business to absorb. Um, and so I think that's a company to watch. I think you're also going to want to watch for Guild, which is a California-based, again, distributed retail uh, lender, and, and they're expanding all over the country. They are also very purchase-focused. I think a lot of the analysts believe that Guild is going to do pretty well in 2022 as well. And Guild also noted on their most recent earnings call that they might be acquisitive. You know, they're they're on the lookout for other lenders that 
maybe aren't as well positioned as they are. You know, maybe they had um, a distributed retail model, but they didn't have great relationships with real estate agents or, you know, they can't they can't deal with some of the costs associated with trying to keep this business up when volumes are slipping and margins are really low. Um, so I think that's also another thing that we're going to want to watch out for. There's going to be a lot of consolidation in 2022, just because the simple fact is it's expensive to run a mortgage lender. And if you don't have the volumes, if you don't have a really, really well-run shop that is consistently, constantly thinking about how to contain your costs, um, I mean, you, you can really let let things spiral. And um, and so I, I expect there's going to be a lot of consolidation. And there are a lot of lenders in 2020 and 2021 who made a lot of cash. And some of them are sitting on really good cash positions. And this is how you gain market share. You know, and, and there's no lender out there who has more than 10% market share. You know, it is a highly fragmented market. It's really interesting to think about what people did with that cash, right? So, um, you know, you gotta you gotta invest in the in the boom years to make sure you can survive the lean years, and that could mean in some cases they really got their processes down, or they invested in technology that's now going to um, help them, or it could mean that they've just got that sitting there. And to your point, they're going to grow by buying up other lenders. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what shakes out there. Yeah, you know, and, and it's kind of funny, Sarah. It's it's not dissimilar to how an LO has to manage their own business, right? So in 2020 and 2021, you know, I, I talk to these guys all the time, and and they say like, if you didn't make like 150 thousand dollars each of these years, like, I don't I don't know what you were doing all day. I, I don't know where like what planet you were living on. But it was the easiest money you could possibly ever make as, as an LO, which, you know, often means like very long hours and, and you got to sweat to really make things work. Um, you didn't have to do a lot of sweating in 2020, in 2021, but 2022, like if you didn't hold on to your money, if you didn't save a little, if you don't have like a pretty sizable rainy day fund um, and you don't have amazing connections with real estate agents or, you know, access, easy access to purchase business, like you can be looking at a pretty rough year. And and keep in mind, there are a lot of people who entered the industry in the last few years. They're not all going to withstand, you know, the headwinds. Um, and so, so you know, it's, it kind of follows logically, right? Like if you're a mortgage lender, you're not doing as well. You're going to make cuts. You're going to probably reduce a lot of investments and you're going to have to hold on to whatever cash you had in the kitty. And the same is true for the, the LO. And, and um, you know, there are going to be other positions that are much more affected than the LO who's largely, you know, working on commission and doesn't really eat up their resources. Um, but it's, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to watch. And um, and I, I'm, I'm going to be most closely watching um, a few different lenders. And, and let me kind of highlight why these guys are really interesting. The first, everybody talks about them. They're they're kind of a punching bag in the industry. It's better.com. And so better still, despite everything we've heard, uh, says they're going public. I, I personally don't see a way in which they're able to do this. I mean, they, they might as well try to go public on, on the the Moscow Stock Exchange. Like, I, I just don't see how how it's achievable, how the investors would, would ever uh, manage to pull this off. But let's take a look at their business model. So they did about 80% of their business in 2021 in refis. One of the lowest mixed percentages out there. So it's basically them, Freedom, and Rocket that were very much refi heavy in 2021. 
freedom and rocket are killers in other categories. Rocket is the second largest um, player in wholesale, by far the largest in retail. Um, Even if they don't do brilliantly in 2022 in purchase, I mean, they're they're so big, there's almost nothing that could take them down um, from a pure business standpoint. Um, And Freedom, you know, is is the biggest player in, in government loan space. And so... When you look at better, you say, okay, well, what do you have? Or where are you a category killer? And it doesn't exist. There is nothing there that they do that insulates them from a totally purchased market. And we heard today that they are, uh, there are rumors that they're going to be making another round of layoffs. That would be their third round of layoffs. And this follows a, uh, <laughs> a kind of an interesting strategy to convince their own workers to just quit to just say, I'm, I'm out of here. I quit. I, I don't want to do it anymore. Give me my, you know, however many months severance and, and show me the door. Um, and I guess that wasn't successful enough for them to actually, uh, you know, move forward without another round of layoffs. Uh, but better is in a really, really tough spot. They don't have loan officers who know any real estate agents. Their plan to become a little bit more of almost like a quasi eye buyer that has, um, you know, in-house real estate agents has not succeeded. Um, they have made, from my sources, what they say is, is basically no progress on that front. And so you look around and you say, like, how is a lender that is digital only, that pretty much does refis through a call center, how could they possibly make that connection in such a short amount of time with agents, with, you know, financial advisors, and, and this problem is not only true for better, but it's true for a lot of the very heavy refi call center type lenders. It takes years to build these kinds of operations. And if you can't do it, if you haven't done it already, it's you don't have enough time. You know, the clock is ticking. Like by the time you get the operations in order to do this, the connections, the, the partnerships, the referral businesses, it's going to take, what, a few years at least? Yeah. And and agents don't have that much time. Their clients don't have that much time. You know, it's it's going to be really tough. And and so, you know, I, I don't see it working out for them. Well, and, um, you know, Flavia starts out the piece. She opens up the piece by talking to someone who just got into the industry, you know, recently and, and the kind of hard time he's having right now. I thought it was a brilliant way to, to showcase kind of what this looks like. If if you got in at the top, right, and you didn't, and you had no way of knowing that it's the top, and how do you make your way now? Yeah, um, I, I think if you got into the industry in 2020 and 2021, and you don't have, let's say, a mentor, or you didn't really quickly make connections and focus your business on purchase, if you were doing 90, percent uh, you know, refis as an LO, and you're not already looking for a job. Um, you're going to be doing so soon because also like what value do you have to the lender? If you're an LO who used to do 90% refis and there are what fewer than 5% of homeowners out there who would benefit from a refi financially right now, like the likelihood of you being able to sustain, you know, business purely from that bucket is, is effectively nil. So you either got to, you know, (laughs) figure something out really quick or, you find a new industry. And, um, and so that's going to be the reality probably for, you know, thousands of, of um, LOs out there. 
And so the second lender that I wanted to talk about that I think is, is really worth tracking over the next year is, is one that I mentioned already in, in sort of my preamble, and, and that's Rocket Mortgage. And so Rocket, as I said, is, is already, they're the second biggest player in wholesale. They did about $56 billion in purchase business in 2021. Now, that sounds like a ton, and it is a ton. It is a lot of money. It, it is a very viable business for them, um, but it pales in a comparison to their, their traditional uh, you know, call center model. And so Rocket, you know, they, they only did about, they did less than 20% of their originations in 2021 uh, as purchase mortgages. And so they're really going to have to prove to a lot of the skeptics that say Rocket isn't built for this kind of environment and, and really develop a stronger pipeline of purchase business in 2022. And, and you know, I think their stock is going to be under pressure, as is true of a lot of the public uh, non-bank lenders out there. So Rocket is definitely one to keep an eye on. And, and um, you know, we're going to know a lot more about how their business is faring in the next, I'd say, three months and um, so I, I would I would definitely um, check back. We're going to be doing more reporting on that for sure. It's such a good deep dive. I mean, there's so much data there that you guys go through that that Flavia really looked at and was like, here's how much of their business was purchased. Here's what we, you know, and, and really got a, a ton of analysis from people um, who, who know these things to say, I think these people were well positioned. Here's where some people might you know, have real challenges. It's it's an incredible uh, piece. I really recommend it. It's called Some Lenders Won't Survive the Purchase Mortgage Market of 2022. Anything else you'd like to add there, James? Uh, I would just add that there's already been one casualty, not a bank that was doing a ton of business, you know, not traditionally known for for their, um, you know, mortgage operations, but Santander Bank, the, the Spanish bank, um, already opted out earlier in the year. They said, you know what? I just don't think this is this is a market that we want to be competitive in. We're going to be focusing our energies in other areas, and, and it is possible that you know that there are going to be others like Santander, you know, depository banks that maybe did a few bill a year in origination volume, and they just say, you know, the the operational costs on this are just not worth um, the hassle, and so uh, we'll, we'll see you next cycle, if at all. You know, that's where we saw the non banks uh, come in to fill the void was after the financial crisis when the depositories were like. Listen, but <laughs> it's really not worth the trouble and, and the compliance risk and everything else. And uh, they pulled way back. And so, you know, the uh, nature uh, abhors a, va- a vacuum and, and soda apparently is true in uh, mortgage banking. So um, mortgage lending anyway. So we'll see who steps in as some of those step back potentially. James, thanks so much for being on. Always great to talk to you and um, really interested to see the, the follow up on some of these. Um, thanks for being on. Thank you so much, Sarah. have the 2022 housing market forecast changed? Or how is the industry navigating the shift to a purchase-driven market? HousingWire's premium content program, HW+, answers questions like these and offers a variety of member-exclusive benefits that are tailored to what you need to stay competitive and agile in today's fast-paced market. Go to housingwire.com forward slash membership to join today. With your HW Plus membership, you get access to longer-form digital content, the HousingWire magazine, member-exclusive rates to in-person events like HousingWire Annual, and more.
Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. We'll see you back here on Monday for more news and insight.